20 or Laroon, late winter, the month of the Sentinel, 994-YK. The Star Peak Mountains in northern Awandere. Garm has been stationed here for the past two years, becoming more and more intimate with every nook and cranny of the mountains, of the forests, of the rivers. Tasked with the solitary goal of defending the gazing giant, an ancient observatory built into the mountains. This observatory has largely gone forgotten and is largely unnoticed over the past hundred years' war. But Garam has the issued order of killing anyone that comes on site for the sake of Sire, his beloved nation. The landscape is relatively peaceful, relatively sparse, and we see a lone figure walking on the mountain range. So you see a vague humanoid figure approaching, not particularly tall, a pretty thin build. But you notice as he's walking closer, you can kind of see that he has long black hair. His ears are a little bit pointed and he has very prominent fangs. He's a pretty elongated, sharp looking face with large, wide set eyes and a fairly flat nose. You can see that he's very clearly a little bit animalistic, a little bestial in appearance. He's clad in leather armor, a couple of uh, animal hides and pelts for added protection and warmth up in the mountains. Given all of these features and his upbringing in the nation of Sire with some of the continent's most leading cities, how has Garam felt over the past two years in this natural environment? Initially, it was very difficult to try and get accustomed to this sort of lifestyle. But once I got used to it, I was able to pick up all the little details, the comings and goings of the animals. I was able to find and track and take down my food. I became familiar with the forest, and now it feels like home. He has circled the gazing giant for days, months, weeks, but has never entered inside of it. It's not been told directly, but Garam has just had this feeling that he's not meant to go inside, and his sole job has been to protect it. I do miss the big city, and the city living a little bit. I certainly miss my companions from Sire, but this is nice. It's very peaceful, and there haven't been many intruders. That is until today, where finally he sees in the distance a small band of what seems to be wandering adventurers, maybe even a military patrol, but he can't quite see or make out what they're made up of. They're heading in the direction of the gazing giant, but other than that, he knows nothing else about them. So how far away are they at this point? Maybe 500 feet. They're well off in the distance. I get a little bit closer, kind of sneaking behind the trees, and I find this one tree with lots of nice, sturdy branches, and I climb up a little bit. I ready my bow, and once they get within a few hundred feet, I fire a warning shot. Not trying to hit them, but to let them know that they're not so welcome here. 
So given a long period of time, you see this group of people coming closer. It's maybe a handful of them, five, six at most. But before you can fire off the warning shot, you get a better glimpse at what type of people this group actually is. You can see it's made up of what couldn't be more than adolescents, teenagers, maybe even out of the local universities in Allendale. This group of people looks to be a, a mage and maybe even a small squire and you know his underling, which is even smaller, if you can believe that. These group of people look so young and innocent, and yet they're heading straight to the target that you have been sworn to protect. As they get a little bit closer, I'm still hiding up in the tree, kind of around the other side of the trunk. They can't really see me from that vantage point, but I shout out, what is your business here? When they hear this voice booming out and echoing in the ravine of the area, you can see they draw their their weapons and draw their shields, but it feels like it's nothing more than a dinner plate and a butter knife. They're young, but they could be very capable, and they press on as if to ignore the voice. I said, state your business. We're here on behalf of Howandere. Uh, as their voice quivers, they, they, you know, some of them start pulling out magical spell components and uncork potions of magic. They're very scared. They're very nervous, but they look like they're ready for battle. You don't want this fight. Turn back immediately. They start pressing onward. How are they traversing? One of them's riding a horse. Uh, the other four are on the ground walking, and they are pressing forward now with persistence. Since they're within pretty close range, I... I take my time and I line up a shot to hit right in front of the horse as a warning. The horse is startled (laughs) and the person falls off the horse and lies still on the ground. I said, turn back. You see one of the other people come up and start investigating. Thorn, Thorn, he's dead. And all of a sudden, you can see the the young acolyte mages start casting spells. Crackles of energy and wisps of fire start firing off into your beloved forest and beloved rocks. I jump down from the tree and land on the path in front of them. You can see that I look a little bit more animalistic than I had before. My fangs grew. My face kind of elongated a little bit, almost like a snout. My hair seemed to have grown in this time. It's thicker and fuller. My hands and feet almost have a a claw-like appearance to them. What do you think you're doing? You can see the little knightly one, the little squire, points his dagger. You killed Thorn! You can see another one of the other younger ones is scared beyond belief at the sight of this beast that stands before them. What, What are you? If I help your friend, will you leave and not come back? He's dead! You've already done and killed him! You can see one of the mages starts casting a spell. They're out for blood. You could easily take them out. I'm having an internal conflict. I haven't really interacted with people for a long time at this point. And the only interaction, this one has been very bad. They aren't listening. They're afraid of me. I remember what my job was and what I was tasked with doing. I can hear the words echoing in my head to kill any who try to make their way up. 
And so in plain sight, I get my bow out and I line up a shot. And I pause for a moment with an arrow ready to go right at the main leader. And I give them a minute. He charges at you. I release. I'm not aiming to kill, but... The arrow soars wide right into his throat. If you want the same fate, keep coming. The other two are little look up and down and they start shaking in their in their armor and their robes and they continue casting their spells as a burst of fire just singes by you, burning some of your hair and they're screaming out in fear at this beast that is just laying waste to their friends. Jez, we must. Nothing's gonna stop We're us. Our research. Band together now, band got together. Him. We got to. Seems they're just bickering with one another. They're determined to keep going. This place is off limits. I don't want to hurt you. Go back. They try to run past you. I immediately pounce on them on all fours, and I take a bite at his neck with my fangs. You rip open his throat as just blood pours out, and this this small, innocent, frail being just immediately falls limp. The other one just doesn't even look back, continues running towards the gazing giant, which is far off into the distance. Perhaps they don't even know it's there. I fire a shot. Strikes him dead in the back. Falls to the ground, dead. In a burst of bestial rage, you've managed to cover ground more so than they've been able to. Picking off shots that maybe were meant to be defensive, but ended up being very critical. I'm looking a little bit more normal now. I go up to the horse and I put my hand out, palm up in a soothing way. And the horse lets me approach and I start to take off the saddle in any bags that had been packed on. Once the horse is ready and free, I give him a little pat and uh, send him on his way. The horse heads back into the wild as if to immediately shed its former owner's hold over it. I take a moment and think back on what I had just done, and I look around at the the bodies kind of strewn about this main path. If I sort of investigate the bodies, do I notice anything about who they were or what their intent was here? The paperwork and orders they're carrying detail them as students from the University of Wynar in Awandere. Some of their studies have led them to uncover the gazing giant, and from within their reports to higher-ups, they've had orders specifically to come to this place on this day of 20 Orlarun 994YK to look through the gazing giant. You know, over your years of protecting this, you've seen the gazing giant move ever so slightly as if under some sort of magical control. You haven't seen anyone enter, you haven't seen anyone leave, and you know that the observatory has been charting some sort of path. Maybe today of all days is the day that it needs to be observed. And although I would want to put them to rest, I leave them there as a sign of warning to any that might try to follow in their footsteps. And I head up to the observatory. I think it's time to take a look at the, uh, the giant 
you enter this ancient stone complex that is devoid of any human interference. Everything seems natural. The way the rocks are formed, the way the glass is positioned, it creates this giant telescope that has been pointed into the sky. There's an obvious place in which this telescope is to be peered through and it stands before you, this giant ancient observatory that you've been protecting. I take a look around in awe of this so natural structure that seems to be built around this telescope. And I slowly approach it and I take a look. The most oddest thing lies through the telescope. It seems to have been on a trajectory that has taken it right into the horizon. Maybe looking at far off into the moons, one of the 13 moons that lie in the sky. But you recognize the nation of Sire far off into the distance. I feel some nostalgia. and I think back to all of the amazing times I had with my gang members back as we were part of the rabble. Through the telescope, you see a massive giant explosion in the heart of Sire. It seems like a plume of smoke, and you know from this distance, it would be miles. And to see a plume of smoke that high does not sit well with you. You know that there's something catastrophic happening in your beloved nation. What could this be? How did this happen? You start thinking about the whole past two years of you being here, and how has it come to this point? Is all hope gone? That's when you start to think about the one symbol of hope that you've kept during this whole time. I reach around my neck and I have a a necklace, just a simple piece of string with the bronze wood ring. And I think that even though Sire is gone, that doesn't mean that all of the people are. There's still hope. This was a prologue introducing Garum, played by Ian Selig, one hero in Eberron Chronicles, Oracles of War, a D&D 5e Adventurers League campaign DM'd by Alex LaFerrier. Influence this game and story at eberronchronicles.com and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. You are our dragon shards that keep this show powered. Email the show directly at speakingstone at eberronchronicles.com. We really do read every email from the fans. The adventure begins today.